There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Brian Floriani. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting. I love having you here today for Unleash your story. I'm so grateful to have you. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Christina. Well, I was really excited to have you come out here to speak when your agent reached out to me and told me about the wonderful work you're doing. That's a really big initiative for you to really get Americans and the world reading, especially children. And uh, you know why that was really special in my heart? I only learned to read at 16. I had a lot. I have problems with dyslexia. I still do. Um, reading's always been a challenge, reading out loud, never fun. Um, but I entered the school of performing arts in Manhattan and they took it upon themselves that they were going to find me a tutor and get me reading. And within one year I was a mainstream, able to keep up with my classmates, um, studying Good. a lot more every day, but yeah, it's very important because I don't know where I'd be today if I did not know how to read properly. So, uh, share with me, cause this started with your dad. How did this all come about? Well, uh... You know, I used to be in the golf business, so I used to run golf schools for Golf Digest. And, um, at, you know, at the time, that was about 15 years ago. And at the time, I really th- that that was going to be my career. That was going to be my life. I, I loved it. Um, I think I was pretty good at it. Um, I loved helping people and um, living in great places. I lived in Lake Tahoe half the year and West Palm Beach the other half. Um, but where all this change was um, about 15. 15 years ago, coming up on 16 years, my grandmother and my dad died on the same day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was asked to eulogize them both. And um, if you've ever written a eulogy or listened to one closely, um, you know, what 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 I recognized in doing that was that I was really talking about their significance, not so much their success. 
And the significant part being that they were significant in the lives of lives of others. They did a lot to help other people um, reach their goals and their dreams. And and what it left me doing was asking myself three questions. If I were to die today, would anybody have anything to say about me? Would Mm -hmm. it be true? And would it matter? And I really as I reflected, I really didn't like the answers to those questions. And so, um, you know, it wasn't very long before I left the golf business and I, you know, I wanted to dedicate my life to service. And, um, my initial thought there was to be an elementary school teacher in an under-resourced community. So to get my foot in the door, I became a reading paraprofessional in a school district in Zion, Illinois, a little uh, elementary school called Shiloh Park. And, um, it was just transformational. You know, these children, um, you know, you're, you're looking at it from a totally different lens or through a totally different lens as an adult, because, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're a child and you, you know, you go to kindergarten, you go to first grade, you go to, you go through all your primary grades, you go, to, you're not really thinking about how that might impact the rest of your life. You're just kind of going through the motions. And for me, it was eye opening to see these children in this community who were already, you know, they were already behind. They're, they're already um, you know, sailing into headwinds um, when they enter kindergarten. And, um, you know, that was really discouraging to me uh, in a country where um, we talk about a pursuit of happiness and equity and equality. And my, my thought was, man, if if these children don't have education, they, they don't have much chance. And as I looked at these young students looking up at me with all the hope in their eyes that that you could have looking back down at them and thinking it's almost over before it started and um that was really discouraging but what was what was encouraging was the fact that they were very uh, willing participants they wanted to they wanted to learn um they wanted to read their way to a better life um but what i what i recognized is that you know, they were doing a lot of great work in the schools and they were sending them home to read and, mm-hmm. and they didn't have any books in their house. Um, nobody was taken to the library. It really doesn't matter why. It just wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the school where I was working, you could check books out from the library, but you couldn't take them home, <laughs> which didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and to make matters worse, what I saw were um, – Teachers doing the best that they could with the resources they had, lined up at the copying machine, copying off pages of a book, stapling it together and giving it to children and thinking that that was going to um, inspire them to be a reader. And Mm -hmm. as I as I thought about my own life, that's not how it was done for me. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just not how you build a reader. Mm -hmm. And that was just unacceptable to me. And at the same time. As I was reflecting on my father's life, you know, my father grew up in Western Pennsylvania. Both of his parents are immigrants. Uh, my da- my grandfather, his dad, my dad's dad was a coal miner for 51 years. Um, my dad didn't have running water until he went to college. Um, and what I realized on one day was those two experiences collided. And what I realized is that the children I was working with were just little Bernies. They just needed a fair shot. And... Um, Literacy is inarguably the most important skill any of us will ever have, mm. no matter what our profession is. Absolutely. And so um, that just didn't sit with me very well. And so I wanted to solve a solvable problem specific to literacy and specific to book ownership because I, I really believe that 
well, I know that that's a solvable problem. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the challenges that we have in reading readiness and, and being reading proficient are very nuanced. Who you're born to, um, mm-hmm. what, what's their educational level. We can't change those things, but we can mm-hmm. definitely change some of the variables like book ownership for sure if we're willing to put in the work. And that's, that's where Bernie's Book Bank was founded. And, and I think it's important to talk about the book bank because mm-hmm. after doing that for 11 years, and I think we've been relatively successful as a nonprofit. I mean, we started, we started the nonprofit on my credit card, $5,000. We now have a budget of $40 million, 300,000 children at, at Bernie's book bank with 12 quality books a year. All that's great, but it's still a huge grind to try to generate the revenue needed not only to support who you supported last year but then to support the children you're not supporting yet and so you know raising money is a is a hard business mm-hmm. um and as as i have, have gained more experience doing it and also doing some research on the film the philanthropic future the philanthropic future just doesn't look very bright it's only mm-hmm. going to get harder to raise money and so that's where the concept of freedom being a lifestyle brand that's a for-profit that would dedicate 100% of its net profit back to literacy came to be um, because we need revenue in the nonprofit sector for two reasons. One, we've got proven concepts that need to get to scale immediately. Mm-hmm. And secondly, we need to attract super incredible talent to the battlefield of literacy. And we're not going to do that by saying, hey, you got a great idea, but you're going to need to start this on your credit card mm-hmm. and you need to, you need to grind every year. And so, um, you know, that's really the why behind freedom. Well, you know, this is fascinating to me. But I'd like your take because you said we have some proven methods that we need to get out there. We need to get warriors to put it out there. Now, people like me, I had a, a problem. You know, it wasn't diagnosed till I was about 16 and a half that I had dyslexia. Before that, they thought I was maybe mildly retarded. Um, but that's oh, a problem man. because uh, there could be people slipping through the cracks who you think are being lazy. That was one thing I heard a lot that I just didn't want to learn, which is completely not true. I did want to learn. Um, but those people slipping through the cracks where maybe you do have a library, but you pick up the book and you just can't make heads or tails of what you're looking at. Um, and there's a certain way how schools teach you to read that might not work for everyone. What have some of the proven methods you found with Freedom and Bernie's books that really can get people reading? Well, I think in the, in the context from which we're coming from a literacy perspective, it's not so much mm-hmm. – um, the folks who are, it might be, they're struggling with dyslexia. Um, mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of times it's not so much a, um, a learning challenge as it is the fact of access, you know, the, what was, what needed to be done so that we could get these children reading ready, the basics, mm-hmm. and, and then provide them the support and the resources to become readers. In these cases, they're most, and, and by the way, it's not, it's not a crack in these this instance. It's there, there's it's cavernous. There's millions of children every year. I mean, do you know that 32 million Americans don't know how to read? Hmm. No. And it's not because they were all of a sudden one, an adult one day and couldn't read. It, it was what didn't happen when they were young. Hmm. And so um, I think we need to make that a priority in our country um, because the pursuit of happiness is really predicated things, who you know and what you know. And if you grew up in an under-resourced community, you don't know who you need to know. And so your only ticket to where you want to go is education, which is built on the back of, a, of being a solid reader. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are 
so many incredible organizations um, doing a lot of programming. I mean, Freedom supports Bernie's Book Bank, but we support Reading Partners, which is an intervention program. Um, we support Little Free Libraries, and we, we support Read Alliance, and we'll continue to add other organizations who have really bold goals. But there there are so many great prevention and intervention organizations. Um, they're just underfunded. Um, and so, especially when we know that there's a concept that works, we should be doing everything in our power, um, to make sure that they're properly funded so that we can help as many children as possible read their way to a better life. Um, because it's not only the right thing to do and it's emotional, but it's practical. It it impacts us all. If we have children that are, that are pushed through the system that aren't, and I'm not just talking about proficient readers. We need these children to be reading lovers. You know, mm-hmm. reading lovers um, are unstoppable, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and that's what we need to prepare them to be. Yeah, and this is interesting to me because I know I had my own, you know, um, learning disabilities. But what I find in a day and age where any information could be really at the hand at your fingertips with phones, I mean, we could read anything in libraries across the world. What I find amazing is most adults don't even read like one book a year. So it probably translates to the children going, you know, even if they had access on their, on their phone, they're like, I don't want to read. I'll just look at TV. It's much easier. Why do you think there's been such a loss of love for literacy and and reading in general? Mm, I, well, (laughs) that's a longer conversation. I think, (laughs) um, I, I think that we're a very much now society, um, you know, we want everything now. We want our information now. Mm-hmm. Um, we want it quick. We want it in um, in a form that we can watch, not read. Mm-hmm. So I think it part of it's just where we are as a society of um, our appetite for putting in the time to learn things. You know, we we aren't really patient around that, and and there's a process around that. And so, um, you know, I think on the flip side of that, though, Christina, that you know, seven percent of the of the um, American population read more than 50 books a year. Um, And so hopefully that's a little bit of encouragement for you. Um, You know, 50 books a year is a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, if it's 7%, 7% of our population, that, that comes out to a pretty big number. Um, But um, that's encouraging to me, but I think that, you know, part of the, part of the, the objective of freedom not only is to is to raise money um, to be able to support literacy work throughout the country. It's also to bring the topic of literacy to the forefront of all of our conversations as a country, because I don't mm-hmm. think we'll ever reach our full potential until we reach our full potential as readers. Because I, I can promise you those people that read 50 books a year or more are probably more knowledgeable than most yeah. and their vote and their vocabularies. Uh, exceed those who don't Mm. and their writing skills are probably well far advanced to those who don't read so you know it's one of those things where we know how important it is we just need to make it a priority (laughs) and um you know that's not i'm not i'm not saying that that's a simple um endeavor you know it's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of competing as as you mentioned there's a lot of competing factors on how you're going to spend your time um But I think we need to start today in making sure that reading um, becomes a um, a big part of our culture. I mean, you know, amongst the 20 highest income countries in the world, mm-hmm. 
we are 12th in reading. Whoa. I thought we'd be, wow. I did not expect that. Right. Wow. So, uh, yeah, you know, what's interesting. I had just heard a podcast this morning, um, that mentioned, um, I think it was Forbes and Gates. They had asked them if you could have one power, a superpower, what would it be? And it'd be, they said to learn faster because there's so much information out there. And if you don't learn the information as quickly as you need to, in this really fast paced world, you're going to be left behind, especially as a business owner. So it got me to thinking to read, if you, if they were to incite the pleasure of reading into students to realize that this will be your ticket to whatever you want in life, because the best of the best learn quickly and you learn through reading. That's right. Well, yeah. if you, there's a great well, part of it. <laughs> yeah. There's a great, documentary out about bill gates and i can't remember what the name of it is mm -hmm. but it's like three segments and what you see most of the time when he's traveling from one place to the other it's it's like he carries around one of those old school land's end canvas bags mm -hmm. and it's packed with physical books and his assistant is consistently taking the ones out that he's read and putting new ones in and i and mm -hmm. so i i just believe that you know the most successful people, the, the people that are living the, the, the richest and fullest lives are the ones that are, are going to read the most and, and the ones that are lifelong learners. You know, that's mm -hmm. I think that's key to not, not only being successful from a business perspective, I, I think um, just your ability to be to have empathy, um, your ability to learn about new things, which makes you more well-rounded, which I think makes you a better person. Um, definitely the empathy piece. Um, and that's why children's books are so critical because if you can teach empathy and some of those other things from a very young age, you know, uh, it's just going to make them a better adult and, uh, it's going to, it's going to give us better communities, better states, better, a better country all, yeah, all a better world. together. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because I think what's going to happen is that when it comes to even reading, um, fiction books. You'll read uh, the experiences of people. You don't live their life, but you get to step into their shoes by reading their story or reading, um, you know, fiction stories. Um, so it's such a great way to do that. And we could go on for a long time, I know, but where do people get find out about freedom or Bernie's books and contribute? How can they um, be part of it? How can they do that? Yeah. So um, obviously on all the, on the, all the social media platforms, um, mm -hmm. of course, our website, um, freedomusa.com. It's spelled F-R-E-A-D-O-M-U-S-A.com. Um, and I, I think that the biggest takeaway from freedom is the fact that, uh, as I said earlier, the philanthropic future is not real bright. It's just going to get harder and harder, but it's how do we, how do we take, um, consumerism and turn it into activism? And mm -hmm. I think there's been some really great proving concepts in that, in a, as well, that is that really give us the confidence that that freedom, um, there was a future for freedom, and there's a lot of potential. I mean, take Newman's Own or Bomba Socks or Tom Shoes or um, Love Your Melon, Warby Parker. Um, these are all all companies who recognize that um, today, 62% of purchases that are made are made with purpose in mind. Mm -hmm. Who made them? How is it made? Who does it benefit? Um, so freedom right now we're, we're in our infant stages but it's really about infancy we're, it's really about um, awareness mm -hmm. um you know we have goal goals we we want to give away a hundred million dollars a year to literacy um which means we've got a long way to go to build this company to get it there but i think that literacy is so important that it deserves its own brand and we intend to be just that i love that and i love your tie that freedom 
really come from knowledge and and that comes from being literate and being able to read that That's right. with that comes a life of freedom because now you can really purely design your life that's right yeah you're yeah it's 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 interesting you know we 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 obviously did a little play on words with freedom mm-hmm. um but i i think it's it's it is a coincidence but it's it it it's it's telling that the word read is within the word freedom mm-hmm. because you're never truly free until you can read um and we know that so um anyway it's just a pleasure to talk to you i appreciate your interest in what we're doing um and bringing awareness to what we're trying to do it means a lot to us um and it means a lot to literacy for all so i appreciate it well i really appreciate the work you guys are doing and just so everyone knows they can go to f-r-e-a-d-o-m-u-s-a.com find out more today about the wonderful work brian is doing thank you so much for coming to unleash your story today on savvy broadcasting thank you very much i hope to talk to you again soon i hope Absolutely. Keep me posted, Brian. Okay. Bye-bye. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.